In three, two. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Todd and Aaron Daily Stream. Now, you know I love Pinterest, but it is responsible yes. for a lot of my emotional breakdowns, is it not? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that would be Oh, I thought it was other stuff. Pinterest. No, but here's the deal. This is the time of year we all want everything to be perfect. Because we're eight days away from Christmas. Everything. Oh, next Wednesday. Everything has to be perfect. Well, Dr. Julie Hanks has an awesome phrase, and I want you to repeat this. Go for good enough. Have a look. You were the ideal woman to ask about this because you've already written a book about the myth of perfection and how miserable it's managed to make all of us. And so when we're talking about like perfection during the holidays, girl, you've got this down. Yeah, you, burnout, right? You, you told me perfectionism <laughs> leads to burnout. Oh, and then depression and frustration mm -hmm. that everything you expected for the holiday didn't work out because you're tired and bitter. Right. So right. how does it start? I mean, where, how, what happens? You know, a lot of it is our own expectations that we put on ourselves. Uh, so much of what we expect, we, this picture-perfect idea is just unreasonable. And so uh, it's unrealistic. So part of that is making our expectations explicit, like writing down, okay, okay. I, I expect, you know, Christmas or Christmas cards mailed by the first of November. Like, what are those things that you expect? And then look at them critically and think, well, really, do we have to do Christmas cards every year? And do we have to bake all, you know, homemade treats for all the neighbors? Or how about if we just <laughs> pick five? <laughs> and kind of go through the list and really look at, is this adding to the holidays? Or is this kind of something that we can take off the list? You know, that's so interesting because I'm sure that for people in the back of your mind, you've always assumed you have to have this to make it perfect. Looking at everything listed out would make you think, why was that necessary? <laughs> right, right. But you've always done it or felt like a failure because you didn't. Right. And sometimes holiday tra traditions become burdensome and it's okay to let go of traditions and start new ones. Sometimes we just hold on to like, it has to be just like grandma, you know, dinner just like grandma made it for for Christmas Eve or, you know, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> like, that's just a story we tell ourselves and we can, we can change, we can change tradition. What do you hear from like some of your, your patients when they come in and go, I feel like I just screwed up everybody's Thanksgiving because of blah, blah, blah. I mean, what are some of the common themes that keep coming back of why it turned so terribly wrong? Well, I would first say you're not that powerful that you can ruin everyone's Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's what I would say is, you're not that special. <laughs> That's so perfect. Then I'd ask what, you know, the, I'd ask more about the situation. So do you have a scenario in mind? Oh, no, just of, of my best friend called me crying because they live in Virginia and they always had the massive Virginia Christmas oh. at her in-law's house who has a horse farm and they would all go on a sleigh ride and blah 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 and there was no snow that year so they couldn't do the sleigh ride and she literally took it personally that it was somehow her fault that there wasn't enough snow <laughs> and I went y y you realize you don't control the weather right because but it destroyed her oh. yeah but that's where traditions can become burdensome and that's not the point of traditions. Traditions are to bring people together, not to create stress and, you know, um, sadness and mourning, right? It's the opposite <laughs> of what they're supposed to do. Um, when you're talking first about making the list so that you kind of go over it with maybe your husband or your family and go, what's most important to us? What's mm -hmm. the second step after that? Uh, is it getting insight maybe into other stuff kids would like to do or what do you, where do you go from there? 
Well, yeah, I think sometimes it's good to ask your kids. That's a great suggestion because they may not care about most of the things on your list that you're thinking, oh, everybody cares about this. And they may care about things that you don't think are that important. Like we, we do a tradition of matching Christmas pajamas the night before Cute. Christmas. And one year I didn't do it because I thought no one cared. And I, you would have thought, like, I, uh, you know, Santa Claus had died. And <laughs> they were so upset with me. And I didn't even think anybody cared. And I'd spent all, all this time and money, and I was just like, forget it, I'm not doing it this year. And that's something that they really cared about. So that was good information for me to know the PJs stay. Oh, we're so we're doing that. That's the great slogan, the PJs stay. Yes. So they really wanted to open the album every year and be able to see that that continuation of the pajamas every year over yeah. the years. That's so cool. Yeah, and we kind of can tell what year it was based on what PJs people are wearing in the pictures. <laughs> so yeah, ask your kids what they care about. Um, ask yourself what you care about. And kind of put those as top priorities and then let the other things fall off the list. You know, I think Pinterest has a lot to answer for, especially here in Utah, because it's like it owns us and Pinterest knows it. I mean, yeah. but so you see all these beautiful things. And if your efforts are fall far short, which is 99% of mine, you know, that makes you feel even more inadequate. Is there yeah. a way to kind of combat the fact that it doesn't have to be perfect cookies or they didn't have to look just the way they did in the picture or? Yeah, yeah. Don't compare. Like, you know, Everybody has strengths, and people show their strengths online. And everybody cares about different things. So I always say, do what you want to do. Like, what if you don't, like, I'm not a crafty person. Um, I love creating music. I love writing. I, there are things that, you know, I contribute that are unique to me. It's not crafts. And so... So you look at a mason jar, and it's just a mason jar. You don't picture it Yeah, I don't think of all the... And, yeah. <laughs> and, and bless the people who do. Like, good for them, you know? Do it. Like, do what you love. If it's not your thing, don't feel like you should do it. So the shoulds are a huge barrier um, with this holiday perfectionism. Like, I should be doing this. I should be doing Says who? You know, it's a really good point about social media because you're right. Every one of us wants to look our best. And so you're right. You put up the very best thing that you managed to do. And that's another thing that makes all the rest of us feel inadequate. Like, well, mine didn't turn out like that. The thing that's important to remember is there's enough success, there's enough beauty, there's enough joy for everyone. It's not a contest. It's not a contest. Like, everyone can have a good life. It's, you know, like we always compare ourselves to other people. It's, it's not a contest. I think that's the most powerful thing you could possibly say. And even though it, you would think it would be obvious, I think it hits people as an utter shock. Right. What do you mean it's not a contest? Yeah. We... we we value ourselves based on where we rank socially and in any given area. And we don't have to do that. Like, that's optional to rank yourself. All right. So aside from the pressures of social media and Pinterest, I do love Pinterest, but still it's an easy thing to yeah. blame. Um, there's also the expectations maybe of extended family, like your mother-in-law saying, well, we always have Christmas Eve at our house and I'm sorry that you have to pack all the kids in the car and you have to drive 500 miles but yeah. that's always what we do. Yeah. So how do you handle the expectations of an expanded family? Mm, that's so good. So I always say to my clients your immediate family so your partner and if you have children or dogs or wh whoever um, that's your priority. So then you add other things to that. So what does your little family want to do? 
and then what else can you add in? So mother-in-law or mother or father-in-law, father, they don't get to dictate how you spend your holidays. It's a powerful thing too though, because you have, it's family. Because <laughs> right. it's like the one thing ever, all of us resonate yeah. to, like, oh yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it, that's a terrible impulse. But the beautiful thing about growing up is you get to make your own decisions and you get to disappoint people sometimes. And one of my favorite sayings is, no one died from disappointment. It's like, okay, yeah, they're going to be disappointed if you don't go to the Christmas Eve, and they're going to be fine. They will live you know? through it. You will see them next year. Right. And they'll respect you on some level because you set a boundary. And of course, we want people to be happy. We don't want to cause waves. But if it's causing, if doing something is putting your own family at a disadvantage, then it's not worth doing. Because the kids still pick up on the stress. They know that you're either ticked off or you're stressed or you're frustrated because right. you're still resentful. Doing, you're still obeying the, you know, the yeah. demands of somebody else. Yeah, letting other people dictate what you do and when does not feel good. Okay, so we've talked a lot about making the list, which is genius, and looking at what really mattered to you. Number two, asking the other family members what was important, hence mm -hmm. the PJs. Number three, uh, maybe battling against the pressures of social media or outside family. Um, what's the last most important point that you can make that help, would help people understand why the perfection thing is, is wrong? It's just not gonna help them. Mm -hmm. Well, because perfection is impossible. It's, uh, it's unattainable by its definition. And so I always say go for good enough. Like, oh, you know, good enough cookie is good enough. <laughs> my sister and more always, often than not. <laughs> my sister always intones lower your standards. Lower your standards and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's unattainable. And sometimes we link our value to our ability to, to be perfect or appear perfect. And that's not where our value comes from. Our value comes from the fact that we're a human being and that we have intrinsic value. And so unlinking our worth from our performance is really important. Well, I hope that helps. hope that helps a lot. Did, um, did you say shoot for the middle? Shoot for the middle. <laughs> I'm gonna set my eyes Right about here. <laughs> um, we had the we had the nothing bunt cake experience. We went to a, a party, and a bunch of friends got together. They said, "Would you help with the dessert?" And we went, "No." We're gonna go to but April. April will and Sandy at the nothing bunt cake store, and we brought a bunch of the bunt cakes. This is a nice big one. Um, and yes. It, it the table just <laughs> quiet. Well, there was noises, loud, obnoxious noises. But the thing is this, even if you want the little buntinis, which are like one or two bite cupcakes with a dollop of cream cheese frosting, all the way up to the glorious cakes, and they can stack them, nothing bunt cakes is evil genius. Number one, you've got a centerpiece, you've got a dessert. And also, if you're doing corporate gifts this year, don't give them those dented tins of popcorn again. No one likes Don't do that. As much and, as this. And by the way, yeah, these are almost the same price. I actually had to help to, uh, April today. You delivered some for her last Yes, I did. I was helping her so out. Yes. Um, and I took this big bunch of cakes into this this office. It's super expensive, Richie, and they were kind of like this. Yeah. And they went, oh my God, is that it? And they did that thing that you do when you see a puppy. I mean, it was the same high-pitched, squealy voice. So, 10389 South Street, State Street in Sandy. It is nothing but cakes. April will take such good care of you. I have uh, been preparing for Christmas eight days out. I am now defrosting the... Pork leg, 23 pounds. How long does it take to, to, to frost well, Like four days. <laughs> it, and then I'm going to brine it. So anyway, I, I want to know. I, I'm going to do something new this year. Okay. And I want you to be part of it. 
A new tradition that's lovely. Yes. Okay. So what I want to do is I'm going to, I want to borrow Jeff's car. Okay. The nice one. The BMW? Yeah. And I want oh, to borrow it. And um, I've got my friend, uh, De 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 well, I'm not going to say which one because he's not supposed to do this. Uh, the big bow that goes on top of the oh, car. No. Oh, no. So I'm going to put it on top of the car. And I thought, it's a fun kind of Christmas morning thing. We just get in with some hot chocolate. We drive around and we just pull into driveways and honk the horn. Someone comes out and goes, yeah, go up here. That is the worst thing ever. Are you ashamed of yourself right now? I'm I'm titillated waiting to have it happen. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the weirdest thing? You honk honk. What's outside? Oh my gosh, it's a brand new And everyone's looking at each other. Did you did you what oh no, it's gone. Okay. You're but horrible. Maybe, that's, maybe that is kinda of mean, isn't it? Yeah, but it's entertaining for us. We'll start at eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me something good. Oh. Now you said you saw this story and I I think I saw the headline. It has to do with um, Greece. Olivia Newton-John remembered right. John Travolta in Greece, and she's unnaturally beautiful still. The woman's 72, and she's overcome breast cancer. She actually opened, down in Australia, she opened the Olivia Newton-John Cancer Center. Yes, she did. She helps other women, which yes, is beautiful. Did. And she raised money for the center by auctioning off a bunch of her Greece gear, a lot of the different things that, you know, they had used. But like, okay, so and clothes and this story had to do with one piece. Yeah, this is like, tell me something, oh, because it, it, it was the black leather jacket, you know, at the end. When a she's little tiny one. The little tiny. She's all naughty. Red, the red yeah. interior. And she's yeah. wearing, you know, the high heels yeah. and stuff. And oh, yeah. she's turned bad girl. That's okay. Anyway, it got auctioned off and it went for $254,000. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money. That's a huge amount of money. Okay, so that is great. And he's like, yay, and you make great money for the cancer. Well, apparently the guy who, who bought it. Right. Returned it to her. He said, this jacket belongs to you and the collective soul of those who love you, those for whom you are the soundtrack of their lives. It should not sit in a billionaire's closet for country club bragging rights. For this reason, I humbly and respectfully return it to its rightful owner, which is you. So he had actually bought it for a, and then, a quarter bill. Well, no, here's where it gets even more confusing. Someone else bought it. And then he and some friends raised money together to buy it from the person who had bought it for the auction. So they had raised all of these funds to buy back the jacket and give it to her. Instead I, of maybe giving, giving the, the money to they, the cancer <laughs> building <laughs> to help people with cancer. You must really like her, uh, anonymous guy, because that's... You know what she needs to do, you know? Re-auction it? Resell it. <laughs> Reset. They, well, she can't now. They no. regifted her. No, but she can't. They regifted her. No, because that's immoral. Now you couldn't do that because it's already been this big. The money should have gone to yes. the women who are fighting cancer, not to a freaking jacket. Okay, that's not. That's tell that's me something. That's kind You're of right. tell me something. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, look. It was a beautiful story right up till I went. Well, okay. All right. So uh, when I uh, have extra time, um, I. Stupid things happen in my house. We've noticed that, yeah. Uh, and right now, a lot of people are going eight days till Christmas. They say, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get it done? First of all, you don't have to. That's the cold part. It's all in your brain. Uh, you can Doesn't do... You have to be perfect. <laughs> exactly. Shoot for Remember, the middle. Remember, shoot for the just, middle. Go for good enough. You know, just, just, We're all going to have this. This is our mantra. Christmas morning, you know, cereal with no milk. That's fine. 
That's the way it works. Anyway, so the point being is that some people say, I don't have time for Christmas. And I say, yes, you do. If you have 60 seconds, we'll see you next time on the Todd and Aaron Daily Stream. Watch. You know what I just heard? I just heard that people don't have time for Christmas. Don't have time for Christmas? Oh, yes, you do. Are you ready? Upside down tomato plant cage on your mark. Get set. Go. Good enough. There's always time for Christmas.